152 yards should be just a nice, comfortable nine iron for him. They're going to go nuts when he hits this thing. <laughs> Yo, 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 what up, golf fans? My name is Joe Idoni, and welcome into the Preferred Lions podcast. Uh, at Tour Picks on Twitter is the place to find me. I've got an incredible show lined up. We are five minutes into Monday Night Football, and Aaron Rodgers just tours Achilles. Uh, maybe pure speculation, but we're happy to have you. We're happy for golf season to start back up. Fortinet Championship. The shortest offseason in all of professional sports is already over. And we're right back out at out in Napa, California. Wine country, cheers to you. Thank you for joining the program and appreciate your support as always for the show. If you're on the YouTube channel now and viewing this with your eyeballs, please take two seconds, hit that subscribe button down below. It does a ton of help for me, and uh, it will help you stay tuned into all the great content we have. Before we get started, uh, I want to give a shout out to at Fantasy Golf Pod. They do have some content coming out this week. You know, the fall is sort of off-season mode. We got this sort of unique swing season upon us, so make sure to give those guys a follow and support them at Fantasy Golf Pod on Twitter, and make sure to subscribe to their YouTube channel as well. Merch is up now at PreferredLinesGolf.com. Super comfortable, comfort colors, no cheaping out on the T-shirts, 100% heavyweight cotton. Uh, be a part of the Golf Gambling Club. We'd love to have you. Um, a friendly reminder, as always, to new listeners, uh, we are thrilled that you would be a part of the show. This is a golf gambling podcast. We are going to talk about the odds boards. We're going to preview the course each and every week. And most weeks, I will have a guest alongside me, although, albeit, I am riding solo tonight for the beginning of the fall swing. So stay tuned. Ears open. Got some good stuff for you. Um, let's start first off with the course preview. So Silverado Golf Club, we will be playing the North Course this week in Napa. We are quite familiar with this tournament going back from its days before the Fortinet Championship to the Fries.com Open. Uh, this is a short golf course, uh, under 7,200 yards, 7,165 is where the scorecard will start this week as a par 72. Uh, Narrowish Bermuda grass blend fairways that are less than 30 yards wide and, and you know the the marker that they usually use for this fairway width is 250 yards um, if you go to 300 yards this place is 24 yards wide extremely narrow now that said you're dealing with three inch kentucky bluegrass rough three inches is nothing it is negligible as long as you don't find yourself behind one of these big california oaks uh, you're in good shape in the rough, and I'll talk some more about that later. But just to put some perspective on it, you know, 24 yards wide is 24 yards wide. Another sort of short, it's a par 71, but around this same yardage, like TPC Deer Run, for instance, is 36 yards wide at 300 yards and 40 yards wide at that 250. So um, you're cutting off about 11 yards there from from what I would consider a, a sort of PGA Tour 
median width range. 24s is very narrow. The greens, of course, are are a blend of mostly bent grass, which is unique for uh, Southern California, I would say, to some degree. And of course, it has that Poa Anua mix in there as well. Um, your model runners are going to want to use bent and Poa uh, because don't just consider it California and only do poa grass relatively quick uh, 11 to 12 on the stamp they are fairly nuanced undulated smallish in size it is really a tiered complex and and part of the restoration or or work that has been done in the most recent years has been to really um accentuate these sort of runoffs particularly to the front of the green where if you don't get it up high enough and being that it is ultimately a course where you're going to hit a lot of wedges if you Deploy too much spin, it's coming right off the front of the green. Um, recent winners, Max Home has won this event back-to-back -back years. He's, of course, here to try and go full Steve Stricker this week in preparation for the Ryder Cup here. Uh, he wants to get the three-peat done. Stuart Sink won in 2020. Cam Champ in 2019. Tway Bay Bay in 2018. And another back-to-back -back winner, uh, Brendan Steele in 2016-2017. The main defense of this course uh, in something that we saw a little bit of last year was the firmness, not only of the fairways, mostly of the greens. Um, Southern California, notoriously toward the end of summer, is very dry. So depending on how much weather is incumbent this week, coupled with the fact of what they've got so far this summer, I think is something to pay attention to if you're shooting for one of those winning score marks and bets that they have props out there available for. Um, 2011, like I mentioned, was this sort of course remodel. So it's, it's was done by Johnny Miller. And the intention at the time was to make it play as sort of a major championship test, which it never will be. And to make it play harder, which it hasn't really, but basically he, he reshaped some of the greens and made the course about 250 yards longer. And as we know of people who follow the sport closely, uh, longer does not mean more difficult. And we've sort of seen that play out. Uh, there is this good mix of, of while there are a ton of short par fours, there is a good blend of dog legs times these giant California oaks and redwoods, I think they are, that, that sort of protect you from, they inhibit players from just cutting the corner and playing a full-on, full-on bomb and gouge approach. Um, Cameron Champ, although I wanted to put this quote out there, even though I I kind of disagree with it, but this is from a player's perspective and arguably the longest player in the games. Sometimes I don't even care if I'm in the rough here. It doesn't really matter. I just try to position it off the tee. If the pin's far left, I'll play the right side. And like I said, I'll take it in the rough being up there hitting driver. So it's kind of how I look at it this week. Uh, for me, the par fives here are key. I feel like I have to birdie those with my length. And some of the chances I have at them, those are key for the rest of the week. So basically what he's saying is, uh, in some instances, he would rather be on this in the intermediate rough, but with a better angle into the pin than be on the wrong side of the fairway. There's your distance argument. Um, I tend somewhat to disagree, just in if you look at a complete spectrum of the leaderboards, you will see more accurate players and, and good drive percentage. I, like nine of the top 10 last year gained in good drives 
on the field in 21 of the top 22 the previous year gaining good drive percentage the approach shots are obviously key i mentioned the amount of wedges you will hit this week over half of the approach shots you will hit for the entire week are going to come inside of 150 yards and that is up healthily from tour average about 14 percent um that's your course breakdown those are what we look to we have several nuances within that given that we've had a few weeks off we have a brand new season it's hard to handicap preparation it's hard to handicap motivation we have a number of corn fairy grads who we've actually seen uh play fairly well here over the last couple of years if you have a good inkling on a few of them um i would feel inclined to place a top 10 or a top 20 bet on them they tend to come out of the gates hot their season in competitive golf runs a little heavier toward the end of the year so they should be well suited to take on the challenge that is this golf course being short being a little bit more of a birdie fest mentality Um, and we've seen that sort of play out one of the cool things that i like to look at in terms of course history stuff which uh, those who have followed me for a while know that i tend to subscribe to a good degree data golf has a plot where they will look at course history and they will show what your history is in terms of strokes gained at this course versus the expectation. So what is your baseline strokes gain numbers look like? And then what does that look like at this course? And what's the difference? And I set the minimum to 12 rounds. Um, Here are some of the players who are over a half stroke better in the field on average at Silverado versus a typical PGA Tour event. Cameron Percy, Sahith Thagala is actually 1.13 strokes better um, versus his expectation at this golf course. Something to note this week. Zach Blair, Brendan Todd, Harry Higgs, Mark Hubbard, Austin Cook, Ches Reavy, Aaron Baddeley, Justin Thomas, Max Homa, Andrew Putnam, Brian Stewart, uh, Ryan Moore, and Nick Watney. So those are a few guys that are playing better, uh, particularly at this event. Um, let's bring up the odds board and see if we can find a few guys to bet. All right, gang, top of the board this week, Max Homa, like I mentioned, going for the three Pete is plus seven fifty. really rounded himself into some good form to end the PGA tour season. Uh, we saw the ball striking numbers sort of uptick Justin Thomas we haven't seen you in a while, and that is probably a a good thing, honestly, for, for what our expectation level is of your play at the moment. And it was nice to just see him sort of get a reset. Um, I know he made some changes in the swing. He made some changes with the putter. He made some changes with the coaching. Uh, Mike's still there firmly along the way. And and I I'm hopeful that Justin Thomas plays well this week. Ultimately, I think it comes down to a lot of wedging and putting well, which I don't know that he's going to come out here and win this event. You could argue that 14 to one is a very fair number on Justin Thomas in a field like this. Six months ago, we would have been, um, we would have been in love with this bet. Uh, This is not so much the case. I'm tending to veer off this and same with Max Homa. These are a couple of guys who are just over in Marco Simone preparing for the Ryder cup. I think that their attention is fully devoted there. I think that the goals of these two players are a little bit different this week. I think Max is here um, because he likes this golf course, because he's going for a three-peat, because he feels 
uh, a sense of obligation, not only to the territory, but to the event that has helped sort of propel his PGA Tour career in a sense and helped get him on that Ryder Cup team. Justin Thomas just wants to play well. Uh, Justin Thomas just wants to see signs of life. He wants to see strokes gain numbers in some areas that he has been a bit unfamiliar lately. And I think his intention is less on the result driven and more on the feels um, that he's able to get out there playing. Sahith is 18 to one. You know, I, I talked a little bit before about how Sahith's numbers have been really, really good around here. It makes sense in that it's not overly penal for a big miss off the tee that water only comes into play on two holes on the entire golf course. The bet for me is Cameron Davis. Um, Strokes gained T to green over the last 24 rounds. I've got him second in the entire field on all golf courses. His play has seen an uptick throughout his career on golf courses that are shorter in length, even though he's a longer hitter, which is sort of an interesting mix there of something we don't typically see. The good drives gain numbers have really started to turn in the right direction for him. Um, he's second in the field in proximity from 125 to 150 yards over the last 36 rounds played. So he's a really good wedge player, which I think is part of the reason why he's, he's shown a bit of success on these shorter, these shorter courses, uh, fifth in ball striking. Like I mentioned, he's got some decent history to back it up at this event and played well to end the season, a seventh at the Wyndham a sixth at the St. Jude, the T to green numbers were fantastic throughout. Okay. Moving a bit down the board, Steven Yeager's here at 25 to 1, the same number as Cam. Shop that around, too. There are plenty of 25s out there on Cam. I would not take the 20. The 25, I feel like, is far more valuable and is still available in enough spots where you should be able to have an outlet that offers it. Not there on Jaeger, not there on Hostler. I'm there on Todd. Um, the course history stuff is great. If we're going to be willing to accept that good drives gained is a solid metric and the number of fairways that you're able to hit is going to put you in position where you need a ton of birdie looks inside 15 feet. You're missing too many greens. You're just not going to have the number of looks that are required to actually win an outright bet at this tournament. Todd's numbers have been really good. Um, let me find some of his, his sort of stats here. <coughs> What I looked at on Fantasy National, obviously I mentioned the good drives gained. He's eighth in the field. Um, the proximity numbers are 17th and 15th at the ranges that I'm looking. Um, a solid sort of run to end the season where we did see a little bit of form come back into play. A seventh at the Wyndham, which is also a short golf course. The John Deere, which I mentioned earlier in the show, I think can kind of make a decent corollary comp in terms of distance and scoring average. A second at the John Deere where he he just got sort of edged out by the septic tank. So progress late in the summer, progress in July for someone like Brendan Todd, someone that I know and can trust can get a hot putter and can start drilling down 12 foot putts like they mean it. Um, he's the interesting one that is just kind of a gut feel play for me and doesn't necessarily align with what my model was looking for this week 100%, but it's also something that I feel comfortable going to. <clears throat> Eric Cole is going to be a very popular pick this week at 35-1. to 1. I see all the reasons why you would do so. J.J. Spawn 
actually showcases a number of really positive trends, not only with course history, but with some of the form to end his season. Andrew Putnam, of course, can get red hot with the putter as well. Akshay obviously got the win in California late in the year. 45 to 1 is a very fair number on him. Uh, I went down to Ches Reeve. Some people that I really expect, some people that I really respect um, in the industry were on him, which of course helps. Um, the most accurate player in the game. T to green numbers fourth over the last 36 rounds. Ball striking six. Greens in regulation gained second. Um, strokes gain approach on short golf courses under 7,200 yards. He also ranks in the top 10. Number two overall in my model for Ches Reeve is just something that I feel comfortable going to. He's obviously won in California before on these type of golf course setups. Uh, I believe it was the Barracuda two years ago that that Akshay just won. So comfortable with Ches. 55 is actually better than I got. I'm okay with the 50, and, and that's kind of where I've settled in in terms of the top of the board. So Ches, Todd, Davis. Uh, moving down, I got two more picks for you. So they're in this next range of 60 to 80 to 1. The first one is one that I'll be I'll be honest with you guys. I'm not totally feeling, but it was something that would you have a guy that is number one in the stat model that you ran and he's 65 to one. I feel an obligation there to make that bet. And for me, it's Doug Gim. Um, Doug Gim's number one in ball striking over the last 36 rounds. Excuse me, the last 24 rounds. He's number one in greens and regulation. He's number one in good drives gain. He's number one in proximity, 100 to 125 yards. The guy ranks first in four of the nine stat columns that I'm looking for this week. Um, and first overall, the only place that he's really suffering is inside of 100 yards, which is weird to be first from 100 to 125 and 101st from 75 to 100. It kind of shows you the flaw in some of the proximity stats. It's why it's good to widen that range just a bit. <coughs> Excuse me. Got a tickle in my throat. And, and sort of use a combination of them. So I did equally weighted 75 to 100, 100, 125, 125 to 150. And the last guy for me this week um, is Sam Ryder at 80 to 1. So... I'm going to pull up his stats here. They weren't tremendous to end the year, but I saw some signs. Obviously played great last year during the early season California swing. Um, fourth at the Farmers, 20th at Phoenix, 20th at the Genesis. This was when he sort of made his run. And when you look at the approach numbers in the last four measured starts, plus 4.2 at the John Deere. Plus 5.4 at the 3M Open, where he finished 7th. Plus 5.4 at the Wyndham, where he finished 38th. And plus 5.7 at the FedEx St. Jude, where he finished 31st. So three consecutive finishes, 38th or better. One top 10 in there. But the approach numbers were really, really solid. If you're hoping that you'd find him on a good week with a decent putter, um, I think this can be a good fit for him. I like him 80-1. to 1. Again, a bit of a gut feel play, but that's always what this comes down to early in the season. Sam Ryder's the last bet on the board for me, and he is 82-1. Those are my five right now. Of course, the final card will be out Wednesday. 
um, incompletion. I will make sure to release that. I also have to mention that the Jock Market Power Hour show will be back again for another season with Rick Gaiman. We will be going live on Wednesday at 8.15. We hope that you can join us over on the Rick Run Good YouTube channel. And I'm also doing some preview content for the Tour Junkies this fall swing as well. Um, without further ado, I wanted to get into a little bit of the final thoughts segment before we wrap things up. A bit of a quick show, no guests, solo. I feel like I'm really rambling into a computer screen here, but I hope that the course preview was helpful. I hope that some of the stats that I was able to delve out were also uh, some assistance for you this week when a lot of the focus and attention has sort of shifted to the NFL with everybody and myself included, rightfully so. But my final thoughts and is really more or less a goal for me, and I wanted to make... I want a goal for me for the remainder of this year to make a better effort on connectivity to people and less connectivity to devices. Um, I think many who are in social media content, um, there's a trap door, which is this feeling of isolated content. And essentially what I'm doing right now, which is forcing emotion into a webcam and not a person. And I'm doing a show now where I'm putting a lot of effort. I'm losing my voice. I'm trying to be a certain way for an audience that isn't with me currently. Um, but I think it's important to recognize that there's a, there's an advantage to solitude. Solitude is not always a bad thing, and there are often benefits to it. But prolonged isolation is not a way to develop real connectivity. Um, social media is not socialization. Um, they are two very different things. I'll say it again. Social media is not socialization. Um, there are those benefits to some solitude and having moments with just yourself and your thoughts. But studies have shown that prolonged periods of isolation are horrible for your health. They can reduce your lifespan by up to 15 years. Um, some studies, I don't know how they figure this out, have shown that um, prolonged isolation is the equivalent to smoking 15 cigarettes a day for your health. I think it's important to connect to human beings. Um, put yourself in like unusual circumstances at times where you are asking open-ended questions to random individuals. Smile and say hello. It goes such a long way. Ask them to your kids. Ask questions to your wife. Instead of a monotonous question like, how was your day? Ask your child what was the funniest thing that happened at school today. Ask your wife what was your favorite conversation at work today. And you will instantly see that it triggers a response for them to think. And thinking is what creates that connectivity. Human beings need this. Our bodies and minds are changed by emotion. A thoughtful conversation with other beings is important for mutual connectivity and it actually helps to recharge your own battery. Uh, I'm going to make an effort to achieve that more so with my family, with my colleagues, with my friends. 
and 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 with all of you and the people that take time to watch my shows i want to be able to connect with you on more than just a talking mouth i want you to feel like you know me it's part of the reason why i i take the time to be a little bit vulnerable it's something that i'm giving up in an effort to connect with people um it's a sense of giving and i don't mean giving I don't mean giving in terms of giving gifts. I mean, giving people a piece of you to take with them, uh, whether that is a stranger on the street, whether that is people listening to your podcast, a piece of vulnerability that deepens your connection with other humans. It's brick by brick. It's subscriber by subscriber. It's people that I want to feel like connect with me on a certain level and understand who I am. They understand the struggles that you go through. They understand the triumphs that you may achieve along the way. And you want to bring these people for the ride with you. Um, it's important. I don't want to just sit here and only give you last 36 round stats. I want to also share with you my life, my wins, my losses, what I'm going through, because I feel like in a sense that helps me connect to you and helps you connect to me. And we can both release a little bit of energy from that. Um, as always, I appreciate the hell out of anyone who takes the chance to watch this show. Thank you from the bottom of my heart so much. This is going to be a huge season coming up for Preferred Lines. If you want to support the show, PreferredLinesGolf.com is where you can buy a hat, buy a t-shirt. Anything goes an extremely long way. And trust me, I remember each and every one of your names. If you are going through anything, do not hesitate to ever shoot me a DM. I try to answer every single one of them with a thoughtful response. And I enjoy the aspect of feeling like I'm getting to know people and developing friendships uh, through this show. As always, like, subscribe, share with a friend, retweet the show, do anything you can. And I greatly appreciate all of it. My name is Joe Idoni. This has been the Preferred Lions Golf Podcast. I hope that you hit a winner this week. I know that I need one badly. Um, I hope that you get one too and have a great week. Uh, I'm out of here. Have a good one. Bye-bye. Thank mm -hmm. you.